This is a Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, presented by Golden Tire, Tech One Designs, Westside Honda, TransCanada Motorsports, Roy Wharton Suspension Systems, and 204 Skate Shop. Motocross news from around the globe, but mostly between Emerson and Brandon. We're not experts over here, but we've got microphones. Check out BigMXRadio.com for more content. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, Tech One Designs, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, and Golden Tires. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, none other than the 2010 West Coast Lights Arena Cross Champion. He hails from Portland, Connecticut, by way of midfield, Middlefield, Connecticut, none other than AJ Catanzaro. The 56 machine, or 57 machine on the factory metalworks. Honda now is switched to a, a Suzuki. He's hanging out at home. He's been riding all day. Barely has enough energy for an interview, but I got him to answer his phone. How's it going, AJ? Oh, not too bad. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming on the program, my friend. Uh, it looks like you're, you've switched colors for 2000, moving into 2015, haven't you? Yeah, um, and that's kind of a common thing for me, it seems. Um, I've been switching color just about every year and it's not that I don't like the bikes that I'm riding it's just opportunities are presenting themselves and it's very tough nowadays to get more than a one year deal so I'm on yellow now and I'm loving it I just got the bike on Sunday rode it on Sunday, rode all day today and I'm already super comfortable and after having three months off the bike I already feel like I'm up to speed which didn't take too long so that's a good thing Absolutely. It looks like, uh, like you, like you said, you've you've had uh, different colors under you pretty much every year since you turned pro. And in fact, sometimes middle of the season changing brands. I know you rode a, a Honda 250F. Uh, I believe it was in some rallycross and supercross races, and then you're on a Yamaha uh, or later that year in uh, in the nationals. Um, but uh, if if anything, that just like. Um, allows you to adapt to a motocross bike quite well. And uh, if anything, I, I'd suggest that would be a, a vote of confidence for anyone looking to pick you up uh, for for uh, a, a, like a fill-in ride for some of these teams, knowing that uh, if you're able to put be put on some great equipment, that you'll be able to adjust to it quite quickly. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've ridden every color now. Um, only bike I haven't ridden is a, is a Husqvarna. So... Uh, I adapt quickly. I always have. Um, and nowadays the bikes are all so good that they're starting to feel more and more similar. So it, it does make that jump from one bike to the other that much easier. For me, the tougher thing actually is going from a 250 to a 450. Okay. Well, um, it, it looks like you uh, you taken some time off. Like we, before we uh, hit record on this sucker, we uh, we discussed what you had going on with your uh, your summer break. Uh, you didn't do uh, the nationals. You decided to uh, go go down to Australia. Uh, there was a race that you competed in uh, along with Nick Way uh, before the uh, the the motocross nationals started, and you stayed down there for quite some time. Um, tell us a little bit about your time off. Uh, how it allow you to uh, basically uh, refocus yourself, uh, get in some uh, much needed R and basically uh, just get yourself charged up and ready to uh, take on the Supercross on that brand new Suzuki. 
Yeah, you know, I uh, didn't have any deal going into outdoors this year. Uh, I could have scraped together something and hit up a few races. Who knows how competitive I would have been. I figured it would have been. It's a better idea. People say a no-show is better than a bad show. So figured I got an opportunity to go to race the Manjimont 15,000. Yeah. Um, like a pretty crazy event. <laughs> but uh, me, Nick Way, uh, Brett Hugh came on down, and it, it was awesome. I ended up staying for three and a half weeks. Um, celebrated my 21st birthday while I was over there, and it was just a fun time. I ended up separating my shoulder on one of the last days I was there. Uh, but I didn't even care about that, to be honest. It did. healed in like three weeks and uh, just was able to pick up a bike on Sunday. So I had like three months off now, which it definitely gives you the itch to ride again. It's a little bit of time off is nice. Three months is a little bit too much, but definitely gets me all excited to ride. Like today I would, I stayed at the track for almost eight hours where normally I'd be at the track for two and then I'd be like, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Put in your time and, uh, and, and, and get out of there as you're, you're, you're basically at, you're at the track almost every day. Whereas, uh, like your, your average weekend warrior, hasn't have that opportunity. But, uh, once you're kept off of the bike, uh, you want to head out there and spin as many laps as you can get those hands toughened up again, which I'm sure, uh, with all the time. And, uh, I do follow you on Instagram, so I can tell you're at the lake quite often. Uh, the, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> your hands have probably softened up a fair bit. Yeah, I'm. I never get blisters, and it's funny you say that because my whole right thumb is just one big blister right now. <laughs> and I've been mountain biking a lot and stuff, yep. so that's helped a little bit. But nothing compares to riding a 450 with stock grips. Ooh. So that kind of destroyed my hands. <laughs> no kidding, this this hard, hard uh, stock. Suzuki grips, uh, got to be torture on the hands. Uh, where did you end up picking up that bike from? Uh, is that part of a deal that you're working on uh, for the Supercross season? Uh, yes. So a guy named Jeff Roberto, I met him uh, years back, actually, when I was on 85s. And he helped me out a little bit back then. He contacted me about a couple months ago, and he had some money freed up, and he had been following me for a few years and just really wanted to kind of get back into the sport and be involved. So he also has some connections with Suzuki. So he was able to get in there, and get me a couple bikes. He got me a 450 and a 250 so far. Um, then he's going to get me two more for race bikes, which is, which is awesome. I mean, it's great when somebody can step up like that. And it's like I said, it sucks being off the bike for that long. So it, it's awesome that he was able to, to help me out. Excellent. Well, it looks like you're um, you're, you're getting used to the bike uh, quite quickly. I saw some pictures. Looked uh, looking at home on the uh, behind the new controls. Uh, completely stock bike. Um, and, and if so, uh, what's the difference between a, a stock uh, 450 and uh, the Honda that you would have raced in Arena or Supercross this past year? As far as setup goes, um, you know, I'm actually almost at times more comfortable on the stock bike. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, I think the company, the the dealerships, just or sorry, the the brands just do such a good job with these bikes now. It's, as soon as you start messing with them, sometimes it can go backwards. Uh, my bike for Supercross is great, though. I mean, I only thing is, I for some reason with a fresh bike 
and that snappy 250 power, it's a little bit tough on a supercross track to deal with. Whereas a 450 stock power is very much more, in my mind, more controllable. It's just a smoother delivery. And for me, it just makes the bike a little bit easier to ride, which is kind of backwards thinking. You'd think a 250 would be easier to ride, but... Well, those things are, are rocket ships. Uh, like they're they're tuned to absolutely explode uh, out of the hole, and uh, and when you you hit the hammer, the the power is right there. Whereas uh, I could imagine with the 450 having so much power there, um, especially in stock trim. I know the the the, the from stock exhaust system chokes out the motor a little bit, allowing it to have a little bit smoother power delivery. Um, it's, it's not not completely. Um, out of the ordinary to hear you say that uh, definitely does ha- help to have a few extra uh, horsepower on the top of the revs, doesn't it? Yeah, and with the 450, you can get away with riding it in a gear higher as well. So today, I was basically third gear everywhere, even in a tighter turn. Wow. So you have that control when you need it, and then you also have that power if you want it. I mean, you twist the throttle, and it goes no matter what. Where a 250, you got to be on a tight supercross track, you got to be in the right gear and second gear when you're getting on on that on a full race 250. It's no joke. It's it's quick and it's snappy. Absolutely, totally agree. Now, as far as a number goes, uh, and you, you've uh, you've ri- you've ridden with a lot of different numbers in your pro career, uh, earning number 93, 73, uh, progressively getting better to the 50. 57 that you rocked this year uh 2015 i believe you take a step backward uh in the national number i think you'll be running around the 64 range uh but in australia you ran uh the uh the aj um rather than running an actual number um talk to us a little bit about that and uh how you feel about um going into the 2015 season with the 64 on your bike uh, that was pretty funny, you know. Uh, I guess for foreign riders, what they do for that event is they give them letters just so the fans can recognize who is Australian because they have the numbers, and then who's kind of flying in from other countries. And I, I thought it was funny. I, I was like, I got to run AJ. That's just that's too good. No doubt. Yeah. It's, uh, you can and then your full first you know, 64. It's great that I'm still pretty low considering I didn't do any outdoors. You know, that's mm-hmm. how I got to look at it. Is they base it on Supercross and outdoors. So to only do an East Coast series and Supercross, so essentially half of the Supercross series and then no outdoors, it's 64 is still a decent number. Um, but my goal was from the beginning, I was 93, I was 73, then 57. I'm like, ah, I want to keep getting lower. So in my head, it kind of gets me going a little bit that I went back to 64, but I'll change that for this year, no doubt. Especially doing 450 West Coast. Well, that's uh, what I wanted to uh, talk about. You'll be be racing more motos in total, uh, racing the entire 17-round series on uh, a 250F and a 450, starting on uh, at Anaheim 1 on the 450. Um, First of all, talk to us a little bit about the decision to ride the 450 on the West Coast and how it's going to prepare you for the East, as well as um, where what, what you're going to be doing to train uh, in the preparation to do so uh, before uh, January 1st. Uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to race 450 West Coast before doing 250 East, it, honestly, it seems like a no-brainer call. It's such a good way to get prepared. And I don't care what you're doing for training. There's no better way to train than to get the gate drop and 
to get a gate drop at a Supercross race nonetheless. Is, I'm just hoping that's the tip. That'll be the tip of the iceberg to get me to that next level in the 250 program, which will that'll be my main focus. But I really think I can be competitive on that 450. I've always ridden a 450 really well. I have kind of a smooth, controlled style, so I can use that 450 power to my advantage and just. You know, I'd like to get top 10 in the 450 class before the 250, not only get my name out there a little bit, but get my confidence up for that 250 program. Absolutely. It's something that we've seen a couple of riders do. Uh, one of uh, guys you must be pretty familiar with, uh, the Ripa, uh, Jimmy Dakota's racing uh, 450 on the, for select rounds on the West and then the full full program on the on the East Coast. Uh, he was able to put in the top five, and you yourself was able to uh, get a fifth-place position at St. Louis this year. Tell us a little bit about uh, achieving that uh, top five goal that uh, you ended up um, getting a top five finish at St. Louis, as well as uh, how you felt about your overall performance in 2014 East Coast and uh, how you plan on getting more top fives in the 2015 East Coast uh, Series. Uh, you know, my... Speed last year, it was there, and <clears throat> usually my spent speed, my starts, usually that's all an issue, and it, it wasn't last year. Uh, I actually struggled really badly with arm pump. Say the first five or six rounds, it was the most severe arm pump I've ever experienced, and it, it gets to the point where I'd be five laps into a main event, and I, I couldn't even hold on. So I'd be up front and fade right back to 11th, 12th, 13th, and that was the most frustrating thing. Uh, made some changes to my program, pretty major pro- program changes about halfway through the season, and I started loosening up upper body-wise and started to click. I think Toronto actually ended up ninth. That was my first main event that I actually put together where I felt halfway decent. Then the following weekend was St. Louis, and there was a couple obstacles on the track nobody else was doing, and I was able to do them on the 250F. It's actually pretty funny. Roxon and Hill, a couple guys came up to me and were kind of asking how I got over a certain section. So that's pretty cool to see. But, you know, anything technical, I like it. And the St. Louis track was extremely technical. So I just felt comfortable all day. And honestly, I wasn't even, in my mind, going that fast in the main event. I just put together 15 laps and ended up fifth, which was great. That should, 2015, no reason a fifth place should be every single race consistent. There's no reason. Like, I know what to do. I know what not to do. (laughs) This is going to be my fifth year. So I I should be up there every race without a doubt. I'm confident of it now. For sure. A seasoned vet by now uh, and and racing the full series. Uh, As far as conditioning goes, how do you feel like uh, your conditioning is going to have to change to prepare yourself for a 17-race series rather than a uh, a nine-race series? Uh, that's tough, and the toughest thing is is staying healthy for 17 rounds, essentially back to back to back. It's yeah, two it's weekends off the whole time. Something something is always hurting. That's just how it is. So you got to try to limit the mistakes and and not get hurt. In my off in my off time, the past three months, I, I've been doing nothing except road biking and mountain biking every single day, and I feel like you know putting in 150, 200 miles, 250 miles a week. I've just been, I, I'm so much stronger cardio-wise and leg-wise than I was. So I think that 
helps with technique on the bike. It helps eliminate arm pump. So, all I mean, all around, it'll make me a safer rider and more consistent rider. Absolutely, I think uh, the 450 is really going to help out your 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 East Coast performances. And uh, as far as uh, the the training during the week, do you think that you'll put more time on the 450 uh, as a practice bike, or or uh, once it's 250 time, I uh, you put the 450 away for the for the duration of the series? Um, that's a good question. I actually, I guess we'll just kind of play it by ear and and see see how the bikes are holding up, I guess, and and see what bike is a better practice machine. In the past, I've I've definitely practiced the 450 more just because it will hold together and you're not screaming that thing, so it takes less of a beating. Yeah. But like I said, it's a pretty big jump from the 250 to 450, especially in Supercross. Um, so maybe once the East Coast starts, I'll, I'll, I'll end up on the 250 full-time. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see as the season goes on. So as far as uh, you've got uh, some bikes to ride for 2000 and, uh, 2015, uh, what about the rest of you from head to toe? Are, uh, are most of the, your, uh, your gear deals uh, taken care of? Of course, Big MX Show, we're sponsored by X-Brand Goggles. I know this, this year you wore X-Brand Goggles. Uh, is there, uh, have you been pounding the pavement at all to uh, arrange some things so that uh, you're, looking, uh, you're looking on point? For, uh, on the track, both uh, in, as far as your gear goes, as well as um, uh, motocross, motorcycle, more motor mods, suspension—you name it. Uh, what do you got in the works? Um, it was kind of a slow start for me, just because we were trying to take care of the bike side of things first before I approached any of the other sponsors. Yep. Um, I'll be back with O'Neill again. I haven't contacted X Brand, but I'm sure as soon as I get in touch with them. Uh, I'd love to be back with X-Brand again this year. Interesting story uh, about X-Brand. Uh, for those who don't know, if you go on uh, their website and you call their contact form number, that's Rich Taylor's cell phone number. It's what? That's Rich Taylor's cell phone number. <laughs> like No way. Yeah, I it's the funniest thing. I, I've posted a couple of pictures on Instagram, totally getting off topic here, and I, I went and called them about sponsoring the show. And... I, I asked, I, I call and he goes like, hi, it's X brand. I'm like, Oh, hi. May I speak to which Taylor's like, yeah, speaking. I'm like, really? <laughs> and he's no like, yes, yeah, my cell phone. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wow. That's like, I just, that just speaks volumes to how awesome of a company that they are that, that rich himself, uh, goes, takes it upon himself to, uh, answer the phones. That must be a lot of work. No doubt. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, so like I said, O'Neill again, X-Brand again, as, as long as they're cool with that. Um, that's the only thing I have nailed down as far as gear-wise. And then um, I'll be back with factory connection suspension, which is awesome. I'm very comfortable with their stuff. And my whole amateur career was factory connection as well as 2013. Um, it just... Uh, I love Ziggy. I love that whole crew. They're great guys, and it's very predictable suspension where I know what it's going to do. It's it's safe where I get some of these other companies, and it can be a lot of work to get it where I'm happy. And I, I kind of want to I want to skip that whole step and get that stuff done on my bike and be happy right away. 
Absolutely. It's nice to uh, be able to bolt something onto your bike and know that not only is it going to be good, you're going to be able to expect what it's what it's going to be doing once it's on your bike. And uh, because you guys yeah. based like it's all based on feel uh, like you're you feel comfortable on the bike that allows you to go that extra five uh, percent that no one else on the planet can uh, achieve. And, and that's uh, as far as suspension goes, I got to imagine is uh, basically the, the last piece of the puzzle or the most important piece of the puzzle. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I would use a good handling bike over a fast motor any day of the week. Other people might say differently, but there's nothing better than a bike that's handling the way you want it to. Yeah. You can put it where you want. Working predictably and it just, it gives you that extra confidence. Absolutely. So 2015 uh, is it will be upon us before you know it, but uh, there are some times where riders will go overseas and do some races as well as there's some races to be done uh, like over in North America. Uh, do you plan on getting some date, gate drops um, during the off-season or uh, would be the, the traditional off-season either overseas or uh, here in uh, North America? Yeah, actually... I'm flying to Milan, Italy in like four days. There you go. And I'm going to do an event called the Top Cross over there. There's a handful of U.S. guys going. I believe Bogle's going. Uh, I think Pike's going over. Oh, you guys, you got those guys covered. Gorky. There's some big name dudes. So I think Porsche's going to be over there. Okay. Um, so that should be a fun event. Me and my girlfriend are heading over. So we're going to spend a little week vacation in Milan, which should be fun. And then uh, I'd love to do the Germany series again this year if I get the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, it's picking up opportunities of traveling when I can. It's, it's not many people get to experience it. And to be able to get paid to fly to these other countries, I, I, I definitely don't, I don't take that for granted at all. Absolutely, and you know what? Um, one of uh, the, the career privateers, Jason Thomas, made his entire career out of going overseas, competing in the German series, being a German champion, uh, doing like he's even going to race a Finland race this year. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So like, it's it's a great opportunity for you guys to line your pockets and uh, experience some stuff um, away from the series that you normally wouldn't. I'm sure that your your girlfriend's probably more excited about Milan than you are. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a great opportunity for you guys to see the world, see where motocross can take you, because all that work that you guys put in at the practice track from a young age, uh, struggling through times when you're coming back from injuries, blisters all over your thumb. Uh, that's what uh, makes it all worth it. And I think that uh, you're, it's, it's, you're, it's good on you for uh, taking those opportunities and uh, getting yourself ready to uh, uh, hit the ground running once the gate drops in Anaheim. Yeah, definitely. You know, And I think I'm just getting to the point where I'm old enough that I, I do appreciate things like that. And before, maybe a couple of years ago, I would have turned down offers to go to Australia to do this Italy race just because I'm like, no, I, I don't want to travel. I just want to stay home and take my time off. But now it's like, no, I got to take up these opportunities. And like you said, it, it's good money for somebody of my caliber. Not saying that I can't be a top guy in the U.S., but just being a privateer and the payouts are, are pretty pathetic, but to go over there, they try to get the American guys. So they're willing to pay a little bit, which is great and, and have fun doing it. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. I was going to say, with racing the West Coast, uh, there's a high chanceability that um, one night's earnings from the 450 class could mirror your earnings from the entire 250 series, unless you win the damn thing. Yeah. um, (laughs) Pretty excited about that, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah. Only thing is, if I I am running in the top 10 or top 5 on the 250, I've been lucky enough to have bonus programs from there you go. certain sponsors where it does pay halfway decent. Okay, good. Uh, not nearly what it, what it should be, but a lot better than what you see on paper as far as I think the AMA paid maybe six six or seven hundred dollars for my fifth place, which is unreal. I mean, I'd, I'd make more money at a local race than that. So. Yeah, speaking of local races, uh, you're you're from uh, a pretty storied area up in the the northeast. A lot of great racers coming out of out of that loc- uh, that area. Of obviously John Dowd, Jojo Keller, uh, jo- and Doug Henry. Um, what type of uh, local scene uh, is available to you to to get your feet wet and 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 get used to that Suzuki as you prepare to uh, before you head out? I guess for four days from now, you're already starting to pack. But uh, what yeah, kind of uh, yeah, but I'm only gone for a week, so I'll be back. And then, um, like you said, there's a ton of fast people around here, and I, I don't know if there's anywhere else in the country besides maybe California where there are local race races with ten, fifteen guys deep in the A class that are fast dudes. So now that I have a bike, I'll have to show up at some of these local races and get a couple gate drops in. Just hopefully I. I don't get smoked by these local guys, which <laughs> I uh, can't say that that won't happen just because they're they're definitely they're quick, especially on their home tracks. Tell you that much. Absolutely. You know what? It's it's funny you say that because I, I remember hearing a story from Travis Pastrana back in two thousand two or three. I think it was two thousand three. Uh, There's a practice track called Fifty Fourth and Dufferin, and uh, um, this is Travis Pastrana talking. Uh, local race, he's never gotten better than third there. <laughs> it's so true. And <laughs> you have to almost be ready. I actually have a good story for you. There you um, go. Arena Cross in 2010 when I won the championship. Uh, I believe, I can't remember what city it was. So what they would do is they'd actually allow you to race Sunday on Amateur Day. I don't know if they still let you now, but so I would race Friday, Saturday night, whatever it was. I won, and then I went out Sunday for amateur day, thinking I'd make more money, and I ended up getting seventh in the amateur, like the amateur expert class. Really? Guys I've never heard of, started seventh, got passed by a couple guys, passed them back, and ended up seventh. It was just the most, I lost all my confidence. I was like, never again. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah that's, that's got to be a, a humbling feeling, uh, leaving the uh, amateur day uh, with, um, a, yeah, getting beaten by guys who, uh, yeah, it's, they're, they're amateurs, right? They're, they're, it's, it's not the professional uh, series. Um, you're you're an arena cross champion, and now they're, they're labeling arena cross as uh, uh, Ricky Carmichael's road to supercross. How did racing arena cross prepare you? Uh, for uh, the rigors of Supercross, or is it really comparable all that much? Uh, I think maybe they they uh, give that comparison more than it is, or, or what's your take on all that? Uh, oh, I think it was great for me. Um, Josh Woods, I was training at Georgia practice 
Georgia practice facility. Josh Wood saw me on the Supercross track. I was riding with Barsha quite a bit. He's like, holy crap, who is this kid? So he ended up asking me if I'd ride for him for Arena Cross. said yes, and uh, man, I'm glad I did. I did all the East Coast rounds, all the West Coast rounds that year. Got a ton of gate jobs, a ridiculous amount of experience, a lot of confidence, and it teaches you how to race in those tight quarters. It teaches you to deal with you know, however many people showing up and watching because the crowd can actually play a little factor, you know, if you're not used to looking up in the stands and seeing that many people, it can be a little weird. So it's just, I think it's a good way that they're doing that now with, I'm pretty sure you have to actually go through the Arena Cross series. I'm not sure how it works, but I think that would be good, help maybe eliminate some injuries of kids coming in and getting hurt. Yeah, I think as far as the... Uh, um having to race arena cross or how that really works is that um, there's a, a basically a competition committee through supercross who uh, they, they they judge whether or not to give somebody a supercross license um, and I think that basically through like the reason why um, or the the ruling on it now is that uh, they're they're just a lot more strict on who they'll allow to race supercross because I think as far as that goes, uh, a guy like Cian Cirillo would have had to race an, an arena cross or prove himself in arena cross before coming to su- Supercross. So um, basically, they're um, they're using arena cross as basically an offshoot. That if uh, if they don't feel like you're up to snuff uh, for, for for Supercross, they send you there. And actually, that's how Adam Entiknap, of all people, uh, ended up in Supercross. Is that uh, Kevin Crower uh, made it? Made a deal with uh, Adam that he had to get 40 points uh, in the 450 class uh, for Arena Cross to get himself a 450 Supercross license. Uh, so Adam had to go ahead and do that. And uh, it's 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 nice to hear that uh, you, you yourself uh, went to Arena Cross, had some success uh, under the uh, the watchful eye of uh, a man that was on my wall as a kid. Uh, Josh Woods raced up in Canada back in 2000 on a two-wheel Kawasaki. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's nice to know that he threw you some uh, support to uh, race that series and do quite well. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And he helped me out a ton. And he runs a great program down there. And that's another thing. Is I've been able to experience almost all the training facilities at this point, which is pretty cool to see how they run differently and I spent some time at GPF, I spent some time at NTF and now been doing my training at Club MX for the past few years which I love it there and yeah. very cool to be able to train with those guys there. Which which one I guess Club MX is now your favorite? Yeah, you know it, I think they just do such an awesome job of putting back into it Every time I go there, you know, even if it's after a month or two months, they got another building up, they got another gym going up, another bunkhouse, tracks always being rebuilt and changed. It's just, it's such an amazing facility and great riders. I mean, I'm out there with eight to 10 pros every single day on the Supercross track. So it gives you the feeling as if you're racing a national every day. Excellent. Well, you know what, man? I really appreciate you sitting down with us tonight. Uh, it was a great interview, uh, great talk. I, I think that our listeners are, are, are uh, have a much better idea of who you are as a rider as well as a person. And uh, I think it's just, it was a great interview. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with your uh, your racing in 2014. 
2015, uh, and you're uh, over in uh, Milan, as well as uh, getting ready for the 2015 season. You get down to that uh, Club MX facility, put in your laps, my friend, and uh, I see big things for AJ Cotzaro uh, for 2015. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for being a fan, like always. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. You uh, get some rest and back out at the track tomorrow, my friend. <laughs> Sounds good. Take care. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.